Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a poet, a pastor, and a podcaster. I am excited to bring you along on my very first trip to the Wild Goose Festival. It has been a hope and dream of mine to attend this conference focused on spirituality, justice, art, and music. This week's special guest is Brian Elaine. You might not recognize Brian by name, but by his work with Writing for Your Life, Publishing in Color, Compassionate Christianity, and Heal Our Divides. The focus of this year's festival is the word imagine. To kick off my week of imagining new things, I took a workshop led by Brian Elaine called Writing for Your Life. I am a lifelong writer mostly in quiet pages of journals and an occasional blog post. And I was drawn to Brian's work about writing for your life. I had lots of questions. What would it mean for me to share my writing with the world? How is the best way to share it? Who would want to read my story? It is in my own wondering and imagining of these answers to these questions that I first learned about Brian's work. His work encourages spiritual writers to share their treasures with the world, to refrain from storing up their spiritual stories in notebooks, but to bravely offer their words to care for the spiritual needs of the reader. In his work, Brian challenges the writer to use their treasure, whatever it is, to love their neighbor. This week's lectionary text is one about sharing the wealth that we've stored up. Jesus in Luke 12 tells a parable about a wealthy man who has so much wealth that he chooses to tear down his existing barns, not to share what's inside, but to rebuild larger barns to hold his expanding treasure. The man, not expecting for his life to end soon, 
decides to coast into the rest of his days, eating, drinking, being merry, and in a lavish state of abundant treasure. That is, until in the parable, God comes to him to demand his life and to leave all of his stored up treasure behind. The treasure he has stored up that he has hoarded for himself does him no good. His barns may have been full of physical treasure, but his heart, his heart is spiritually bankrupt. This is a sobering parable. It asks me the daunting question, am I hoarding any treasure that should be shared? I may not have barns full of cash, but what is the treasure that God is calling me to share for the needs of others? This is the question not only for the man in the parable or for me, but this question of treasure, of sharing the wealth of our lives, is a question that came to Brian in a transformative way about six years ago. Brian's background and vocation has been in technology, not in publishing. But at the age of 60, he found himself in a situation where his gifts in business called him to share up his stored up wealth in a new field. Love called Brian to reimagine his life, his purpose, and bravely take up a new calling that he had never imagined. Let's learn how to share the wealth of our lives as we listen to Brian answer three and a half questions about love. Thank you, Brian, for being here with us for Holy Shenanigans. I'm very excited to speak with you here live from the Wild Goose. So, friends, if you're listening, you're probably hearing some music and people noise in the background. And we're just getting ready for the opening session here to to kick off at the Wild Goose. Well, I love Wild Goose. This is my third time here. I've enjoyed it immensely each time that I've been here. Um, What we've been doing today is what's called the New Writer Workshop. And um, this is the third time that I've been involved in that. And um, I just thank the people at Wild Goose for doing all the work that's necessary to put on a huge event like this. It's a big undertaking. And I really appreciate the opportunity to participate. I am thankful, too. I've been wanting to come to the Wild Goose (laughs) since 2011. And oh, this is man. the first time um, we've been able to, my, my sure. husband and I have been able to come. So I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be here as well. And it's to spend the wonderful. day with you. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, well, appreciate that. I'm glad we are able to, you know, collaborate here together. Yes, thank you so much. So why don't you tell me a little bit, Brian, about what you love about being you? <laughs> well, um, thank you. Um, and uh, what I'm going to relate is something we talked about during the class that is kind of how I got here, I guess, you know, and and the way that love, the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever you want to call it, had participated in this is the best Mm -hmm. way to say it. Um, I spent most of my life in a separate career. I've got a bachelor and master's degree in electrical engineering and an MBA. So I spent a lot of my career in high tech, you know, developing and, and leading technology products, you know, particularly voice and data communication products, and loved it. I really had a lot of great experiences, a lot of startup businesses, but several years ago, one of my friends from business school asked me to come and work with him, and he said, I've got a couple small companies I'd like you to help me run, so uh, I was there for a couple of years doing that, 
And he came into my office and said, I've got a project I'd like you to work on. It's for my father-in-law, Frederick Beekner. Mm. And, you know, at that point in time, I had no idea who Frederick Beekner was. And for those of you listening that aren't familiar with his work, he's published dozens of books. One was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. One was nominated for the National Book Award. He's like a dozen honorary degrees from all these prestigious institutions all over the place. Mm -hmm. If you haven't read his books, go to frederickbeekner.com. It's Frederick, and then his last name is B-U-E-C-H-N-E-R.com. There you'll find all these amazing things that he wrote. Fiction, memoir, essays, sermons, nonfiction, you name it. He's one of the most gifted writers I've ever read personally. But he didn't do any marketing or self-promotion in his career until his family asked me to launch the Frederick Beekner Center and bring him online and introduce him to a new generation of readers. So in December 2012, we launched his first website, social media. Um, We put in place a seminary partnership program where we donate copies of his books to seminarians each year. Also sponsored annual um, student awards for excellence in writing, for excellence in preaching. We also came out with three new books, um, Beekner books. And so there's all these different things that we put into place to literally introduce him to a new generation of readers, which was an incredible blessing for me because I had to go read all of his books (laughs) in order to do that. And, and, you know, I think as an aside, I think that some of that PR at that point in time helped me get to know Beekner's work a little bit. Wow. Wonderful. There's another holy shenanigan. (laughs) Yay. Yes. Yes, exactly. So... Basically, after we did all those things, you know, I turned 60 six years ago and said, okay, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? I didn't want to go back into high tech. So I started writing for your life, basically uh, a resource center for spiritual writers to take what I learned working for Mr. Beekner and help other mm-hmm. Christian writers. Wow. And so writing for your life as it exists today is a website and a social media and podcast video all these different things oriented toward supporting spiritual writers. So starting in 2017, we did in-person conferences, various places all over the country. In 2020, obviously with the pandemic, we had to convert all of that online. Right. So for the last two plus years, we've been doing online conferences. Um, Going forward, we're probably going to do a mix of the two. But basically, that's one of the businesses I launched. A second one that I launched is called Publishing in Color which is a set of conferences specifically to increase the number of books published by writers of color. And so that series of conferences involved people of the publishing industry and writers of color and fostering relationships and then watching things happen from there. Wonderful. So that started in 2018. The third major business that I launched is called Compassionate Christianity, and you can find it at compassionatechristianity.org. But basically, it's a set of resource centers for progressive Christians and webinars and things like that that go along with that. And then the fourth business that I launched about a year and a half ago was called How to Heal Our Divides. Mm. And so you can find that at howtohealourdivides.com. But basically, it's a series of now two books, all oriented around highlighting organizations and people that are actually doing something to help overcome the serious social divides that we have across our country. So racial divides, political divides, religious divides, gender identity divides, um, abilities, the earth, the divides we have with the earth, the divides we have with indigenous folks. So a whole 
wide variety of different serious issues that these organizations are helping us address. And this is, these two books are a collection of yes. these essays or these these um, uh, theological or sociological understandings of how to bridge that divide? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the first book was 33 chapters, each written by a different individual. Second book was 27 chapters, each written by a different individual. Again, most of them focused on, you know, specific organizations that are taking all these wonderful steps that you don't typically hear about, right? right? I mean, we watch evening news and we hear all this bad news, right? All these terrible things that are happening. We don't hear enough about the good things and the hope that it provides. Right. So that was my objective in, you know, creating that effort was to get the word out, build awareness about all this wonderful work that's going on. So back to your question about love and, and, you know, how the Holy Spirit's impacted all of this. Well, I didn't go looking for any of this. It all fell in my lap. I'd never heard of Frederick Beeker before. Right. You know, his son-in-law asked me to do this work. And then, you know, when we got done with that and I started writing for your life, it was like, okay, well, I'm not sure if any of this is going to (laughs) work, but let me go launch it and see what happens. Yeah. And then I hear about, well, you know, People are telling me that writers of color are really underrepresented in terms of yeah. numbers of books get published. And so I said to myself, well, I'm not an agent. I'm not a publishing industry person. I'm not an editor. I'm not an author. But everywhere I've ever been in business is so dependent upon who you know. Right. So I said, I can create events, conferences that fosters relationships between writers of color, people from the publishing industry. So guess what? All kinds of books now have come out of that. Wonderful. Another, you know, God moment was, you know, when I decided to do Compassionate Christianity because people were saying, well, you know, progressive Christianity is so fragmented. Why don't we try to build a focal point? You know, to, so we did that. Same thing with How to Heal Our Divides. You know, I kind of socialized this idea of creating this book with a few people. They said, oh, that's great. I'd love to participate. And then here it comes. Wow. So at this stage of my life, to look back now, <laughs> on all these God moments yeah. that occurred over the past, you know, several years that were completely unexpected. You know, 15 years ago, if you would ask me about any of this stuff, I would look at you like you were crazy because <laughs> none of it was on my radar screen. Well, often I say the Holy <laughs> Spirit shows up and surprises us. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I just still look back and I say, I can't believe this. I can't yeah. believe all this happened. Yeah. So I'm very, very grateful. You know, I'm very thankful that this stuff has come into my life because, you know, I'm, I'm going to turn 66 next month. It's like, what better kinds of things could I ask for at right. this stage of my life to be doing? You know, I don't want to just go play golf, you know, or <laughs> lie on the beach or whatever. I want to have some things that, you know, keep me busy doing some things that are helping people and serving, you know, the greater common good. And so just really glad that this has all happened. <laughs> well, I'm, I am very thankful for this work and how the Holy Spirit has worked in your life through this surprise, mm-hmm. you know, um, but set of surprises, set of surprises. You know. Yeah. And, and how one just kind of built on the other and keep, you know, expanding in the, in the world in such beautiful ways. And so I've been doing more reading a little bit recently about yeah. kind of this phenomenon 
So in Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward, yeah. he talks about the first half of life and the second half of yeah, life. So. And I had never read that book, but I kept having people that knew my story say, Brian, you need to read that book yeah. because it describes what you just did. Yeah. And so I read it and, they, and I said, yeah, you're right. It did. I read another book, just finished it recently from Dr. Lisa Miller. It's called The Awakened Brain. Hmm. And in that book, she talks about the scientific evidence of how a person's spirituality leads to their improved mental health. Wow. Yeah. There's scientific evidence that you can look at by brain scans and MRIs mm -hmm. that show the different areas that are developed in the brain of someone who's had a deep spirituality versus someone who's not. Mm -hmm. It shows how people that have had serious mental illnesses and depression and things have gotten significantly better because of their change of focus. Mm -hmm. So in the awakened brain, you know, she talks about kind of like your achieving self and your awareness self yeah. as being two different things, kind of a little bit like what Richard Rohr yeah. is describing in the first half of life, second half of life. So it's kind of intriguing to me now to try to understand all this better. Because most of a lot of my life was spent on the achieving side of things. I was an engineer. I was a business person. Yeah. You know, I spent my life being very pragmatic, right? And now I'm very motivated to try to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit, really, mm -hmm. better than I have in the past and be more conscious about that. All this other stuff kind of fell on my lap without my doing, largely. So I want to try to be more attuned to that. Is there any advice you could give to the folks that are listening on how to develop that sense of awareness? I or, wish I wish I could. you were so surprised, right? The, I mean, you know, I wish I'd done a lot of this stuff sooner, you know, earlier mm, in my life if I yeah. could have. But I did learn an awful lot of things through all those experiences, mm -hmm. you know, earlier in my life that I can apply now. Well, and I think nothing <laughs> is wasted, you know, and how you're using your gifts that you used in your first half of life to now help other writers and and the people that read those writings and how that affirms others in the world so you know i think it's part of the journey well one of the things we talked about during our class earlier today was this whole idea of serving others yeah right as a business as an author as a mindset mm -hmm. and you know i've kind of increased my focus on that i guess over time mm -hmm. and it's been very helpful for me to realize that this is not about me <laughs> you know all the stuff that I'm doing is not about me it's about how I can help other people and serve them in some way some some set of audience quote-unquote that I've been gifted whether it's writing for your life or these other you know platforms that I've developed audiences for it's like I feel an obligation a duty yeah. to nourish those audiences and do the best I can to give them benefit yeah yeah. So I don't know how that realization happens other than it just did. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, there was just a particular, well, you had to have somebody ask, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody invited you into mm -hmm. that second half of yeah. your life yeah. by introducing Frederick mm -hmm. and his work to you, you know? Yeah. And maybe extending that invitation is, is what we all need someone to extend I, that invitation. I think you're right. You're, 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 that's a good way to think of it is, you know, who's that person that can either extend the hand or give you the idea to go run with or whatever. There's, Just be open to that. There's this beautiful icon that I love. It's called the Rublev's icon. And I refer to it all the time because I'm fascinated with the Trinity. 
um, okay. um, creator um, word and spirit, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. But in the Rublev icon, there are three images in the icon, and there's a table in front of them, and there's a chalice. And on the front of the table, looks kind of like an altar, um, there's a rectangle, and that rectangle was the space where the people that would pray with the help of this icon were to enter in. Mm. It was mm. the invitation really? to come to the table with the Trinity. Um, wow. And so I think there's something in mm. that. Wow. Um, even as I have these conversations with so many wonderful people about how love shows up in their lives, that people continually go back to, oh, I was invited, mm. or I was encouraged, mm. or you know, somebody just saw me and saw the perspective of, of the life that I live and had compassion upon me, mm. right? Wow. So I think that there's something in that <clears throat> invitational, um, unpressured care for others. Interesting. Well, that yeah, I think I that God works in. Think about that and figure out how I can invite more people, I guess. Well, I think you, you know? do. <laughs> I mean, that's part of, I mean, you were gave that invitation to me today in your workshop and yeah. to everybody that attended. Um, and so I think that's a beautiful thing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way before, though, but that's a wonderful <laughs> way to think of it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And so I have one last half question sure. for you. If you were going to extend a message of love with the world, or a blessing or a benediction to end our conversation today, what would be that benediction of love? So it would be something that Frederick Buechner answered when he was asked a similar kind of question. He said, pay attention. Hmm. Listen to your life. Yeah. Right? And that was the title of one of his books, was Listening to Your Life. And now I kind of a little bit more understand what he meant by that than I did initially when I first read it. Yeah. This whole business about paying attention is... Like, just see what comes your way that you can jump on, right? You know, you can go after, you mm-hmm. can do something about. Yeah. That's the way it's shown up for me. Wonderful. Pay attention. Okay. Well, thank you so much for helping me and our listeners to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is up to in their lives and in the world. Um, it's been a wonderful to meet you here at Wild Goose. <laughs> well, thank you so much for all you're doing and bringing you know this love and attention to love and stories of love to the thank world. You. That's a very important. Thank you. And uh, I want to listen to you know a bunch of your podcasts now after hearing this. It's been a labor of love to um, try to help connect people in a time that there's so much disconnection. Absolutely. You know, um, and I'm humbled to have the opportunity. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this first interview at the Wild Goose Festival. Thank you, Brian Elaine, and thank you so much for being here with us. Brian for telling us your pivotal story of change and reimagining how to share your gifts and treasure in the world, all for the sake of love. To learn more about Brian's sharing of the wealth work in the world, go to writingforyourlife.com. As I mentioned earlier, I've been writing in notebooks for most of my life. There are countless journals packed with notes from lectures and seminary or conferences or poems and lyrics of songs that are yet to be written. As I think about the wealthy man in the parable and the way that Brian Elaine was called to share his wealth in new ways, 
I knew I had to dig into my journal and courageously unearth some of my own written treasure to share with you. And so this is where this week's poem comes from. It comes from a recent journal where I was reflecting on a poem by Rumi called Dancing in the Breeze. I'd written down a stanza of his words and then conversationally responded to his prose with mine. And so here is my journal conversation with Rumi. Dancing in the Breeze, Rumi. The beloved shine like the sun. The lover whirls like the planets when love's spring breeze blows. Every moist branch starts dancing. My response to Rumi. God of change, blow a cool breeze my way. Focus my attention on love. Love that welcomes all. Love that is diversity. Change moves me, you, we, into God's dance of love that spins us around, swirls our colors so that the gazing eye sees a picture of diversity that is beauty. Changing love make us swirling masterpieces. Make us one as you are one. Make us one as you are one. I am your holy shenanigans muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. Thank you for joining us this week for holy shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Thank you to Holy Shenanigans podcast listeners for supporting our work with this podcast by way of www.buymeacoffee.com backslash Tara L. Eastman. To learn more about Brian Elaine, go to writingforyourlife.com. To learn more about the Wild Goose Festival, go to wildgoosefestival.org. Dear Hearts, do you know you have treasure stored up in you, in your words, in your work experience, and maybe even in your barns? The God of Change is calling us to share our wealth. Will we share? May it be so in me and in you. Grace for your journey. God help us to share our wealth for the sake of love.